Hello everyone and welcome to the Nourishing Talks podcast where we discuss everything about navigating life. I actually cannot believe I'm finally recording this and if you are listening, I just wanted to let you know that I'm super super grateful that you're here. If you don't know me, I'm Miki, I'm passionate about food and health but most importantly I'm passionate about life. My ultimate goal is to be able to inspire you to live your best and fullest life and so I really hope this podcast can bring a bit of joy into your day. So without further ado, let's get into it. Today's topic is a highly, highly requested one and it's about my experience moving to Australia alone. If you don't know, I'm originally from Portugal and in last September I decided to travel for what was supposed to be two months to Bali. And now, six months later, here I am, living in Australia, with absolutely no return ticket in sight. So, I decided to put up a question box on Instagram for you guys to ask as many questions as you wanted, and honestly, I was not expecting the amount of questions I got. And that is why I decided to make this my first episode. So, let's get into your questions. So, starting off with an important one, which I think was one of the questions I got the most, and it is, was it hard getting the visa? What do you need? Well, for me personally, it was quite easy to get the visa, but I guess it just depends on everyone. But there's three main things that you need. First, you need to prove that you have a functional level of English, which I did because I studied in the UK for three years. But if you didn't, then you'll have to take a test such as the IELTS, the TOEFL, the SATs, etc. You also need your degree diploma and proof that you have enough money to live in Australia. I think this is around like 3,000 euros and just a copy of your bank statement will do. And regarding how long it takes, it really, really depends on the person. So for me, it was around two to three weeks. My boyfriend took around one month or more and my sister's one took like nine days. So there's really not like a certain time that your visa will take. Then, can you work as a tourist or do you need a special visa to work? The answer is no, you cannot work as a tourist and it's actually illegal. And yes, I believe that if you're not from Australia, you do need a visa to work. I'm not sure about every country, but in my case, I have the work and holiday visa, but I know that there's a bunch of them and I just recommend that you do the research and see which one fits you better because honestly there's loads of them. And the next question is tell us about your work. What do you do? Was it easy to find a job? So besides my Instagram page and the work I do as a content creator, I'm also working part-time at Oakberry which is an acai place that I'm pretty sure most of you know about. And I would say that for me personally it wasn't hard to find a job because I also came at a good time during Christmas where probably every single place was hiring because it was summer and it was also a holiday. But I think my biggest advice here is that you actually go into the places, the shops they want to work in and introduce yourself, possibly talk to the manager because that's what people like. And I remember by the end of the first week that I was here, I had three job interviews. And so that leads us into the next question, which is 
Did you get a job before going to Australia or only when you got there? I only started looking for a job when I got here and as I said, it took me like a week. And also, something that I haven't really shared with you guys yet, I'm currently taking the Eating Disorder Recovery Coach training and so hopefully, hopefully, I'll be able to start giving consultations very, very soon and uh, honestly, just thinking about this gives me goosebumps because this is actually a dream come true. Now, on to a bigger question. What made you go to Australia? Um, I guess living in Australia has always been one of my biggest dreams as a kid, but it just wasn't really something I ever actually planned just because it felt so unachievable. Like, it was so far away, it was so expensive, like, how do I even get there? But then, when I was in Bali, my sister actually got the opportunity to come here for a photo shoot, but it was only supposed to be like one week. And so she actually asked me if I wanted to come with her. And I remember at first I was like, um, I don't know, like I'm supposed to be going back to Portugal. I have my flight booked. I have, I don't know, I just have everything planned already. But then I started thinking and I remember perfectly the first thought that came to my mind was like what would young Miki think of this? Like what would the girl that always wanted to live in Australia think when you turn down an opportunity like this because I was so close like I could just I could just come like I had the money I had the time I wasn't like doing anything and so yeah I decided to come but I said yes to what was supposed to be one week. What I didn't know is that I would end up deciding to stay for two months and then that I would end up actually not showing up to my flight and just decided to stay. I don't have a return ticket, I don't know when I'm gonna be back, I just don't know. And I can tell you, as someone who struggles a lot with change and spontaneous decisions, like, life's been crazy, but honestly, I cannot tell you how good it feels when you just take a risk. Can you manage work and social life? Yes, I actually do, because my shifts are usually either from 6.30am till 1pm or from 1pm till 6.30pm. So I either get a whole morning or a whole afternoon to myself, plus each week I get like two or three days off, so that's perfect. Is it hard to save money? Is everything super expensive? Actually, no, it's so easy to save money. Like, everything is more expensive than, for example, in Portugal. But the money you get, the money you earn working, is like in no way comparable. So, yes, you end up spending more, but you also make so much more money. And this actually leads us to the next question. Are people really nicer in Australia? And actually, I would say so. And I think it's because one thing I've noticed is that it's so much easier in here to get a good quality of life. It's so easy to work and earn enough money to live like comfortably. And I think that's what makes people nicer in here. They're just, they're just not really worried or I don't know, maybe that's just me. But that's one thing I've definitely noticed. My sister noticed, my boyfriend's noticed and he's been here for three weeks. So tell me if I'm wrong, but... I really do think that makes a difference. Moving on, housing. How did you find the house? Are you sharing? So 
I started looking for a house quite late and just because like I really didn't know where I wanted to live and what I wanted to do. But honestly, I wouldn't say it really helps to look for places very early on. Like it's good to have an idea, but you'll actually want to see the houses before you decide on anything. You're not going to decide based like on an ad, which you don't even know if it's a scam or not. I would also say that it gets easier when you start meeting people, but I do get that it brings up a lot of anxiety, like not knowing and just going somewhere and not having a place to live. And I went through that and I know the struggle, like I do, trust me. So I personally found my place on Flatmates, which is basically a platform where people share available rooms that they have in their houses. But I must say though, this, this website or platform, it's kind of annoying because you see great houses and then you try to look for the people's like phone numbers or you try to send them a message and then most of the best houses or best rooms, you actually need to upgrade to the premium plan to be able to talk to people. So it's like, it doesn't make any sense and it's annoying that you have to pay to talk to people, but yeah, that's how I got my house. I decided to pay. I was desperate. <laughs> I also now recommend that you actually go on Facebook and join Facebook groups in the area you want to live. And also Facebook Marketplace has a lot, a lot of rooms. So I recommend you see on there, but there's also a lot of scams. So you just need to be careful. You just need to meet the people. You just need to make sure you're making a good decision. And to answer the rest of the question, yes, I am currently sharing a house with another girl and my boyfriend and honestly, I'm loving it. And now on to another big, big question, how to deal with anxiety living away from home. Wow, this is actually a big, big one for me. I think I mentioned this on my YouTube video about studying abroad in the UK. But I've always been a person who loves to be home and I'm very, very attached to my family. And so one of the biggest challenges for me moving abroad was definitely dealing with being alone. And when I say alone, I don't necessarily mean feeling lonely. But honestly, one of the biggest lessons I took from this was that you actually need to learn how to be with yourself how to deal with your thoughts, how to deal with your feelings and actually accept them. To sit down and just allow yourself to feel whatever you're feeling instead of just making yourself busy and running away from them because they are going to come back eventually. They are going to come back and they might not come in the same way, but they will find a way to manifest. And that, like, I cannot stress enough. Because one thing I know and I'm certain of is that everything we go through in life Everything that happens to us happens for a reason and has a reason to be there. And it's because you have something to learn from it. And so if you just keep running away from it, it'll keep showing up and showing up until you actually go through it and you learn what you have to learn. So honestly, stop running away from it. Stop running away from what you're feeling. Stop running away from the things you know you need to face. Wow, that was deep. But... One of the things that helps me manage my anxiety a lot is practicing gratitude. So, for example, instead of thinking how far away I am, how much I miss everyone, how much I miss my family, my friends, how I wish they were here, 
I try to remind myself of like the amazing opportunity this is, the amazing opportunity I'm living. This was my choice, this was no one else's choice and I am so grateful that this happened to me. I get to be living on my own, on the other side of the world, I'm financially independent, life's great. And I also try to remind myself that luckily these days it's so easy to reach people, like my friends, my family are just one call away, they're just one message, one FaceTime away, even a flight away, they're still there no matter what, they're like they're not gonna go anywhere and it's so easy now to just talk to people or to just, yeah, even if I want to catch a flight, it's not that hard. And so, yeah, it's, it's in the little things. And another big question, how do you deal with a long distance relationship? And I actually get this question a lot, so let's get into it. Well, the truth is that it's not always easy, that's for sure. And honestly, I don't think it works for everyone. But that's okay, like, would I rather be with my boyfriend all the time? Hell, yes, I would. But I guess it just requires a lot of trust and strength, like, from both sides. Because if I'm gonna be going through my day thinking, oh, who's he with? What's he doing? Is he with other people? Is he texting other girls? Then that's not healthy and that's not good for me. So definitely trust is one of the most important things here for me. It also requires a lot of effort and honesty, again, from both sides. And there's got to be some commitment in the sense that, like, I don't think that it's a big deal if we don't speak for one day. But we need to make sure that we are setting and taking some time of our days to be with each other. Otherwise, we just start growing apart and that's not what you want. Like, you're in a relationship, you're not supposed to be growing apart, you're supposed to be growing together. And so just making sure you're like taking that time and not letting the distance actually get to you, it's super important. And there are some good things, like, for example, for me, the feeling when I see him for the first time after a while and I just jump in his arms and we just hug like forever, like, that feeling is priceless. Even just when I call him at the end of the day and we just talk and I just tell him about my day, it just makes me excited. And you really need to be able to appreciate these little things. It is true that distance can break people apart, but it can also bring them closer together. And I honestly believe that if there's love and there's trust, then you have everything. And now, to finish it off strong, what is the biggest lesson you've learned from all this? Well, I have definitely learned so many lessons from this and I could not honestly count them all, but I think one of the biggest ones was there's no time like the present. Like, you need to stop waiting for the right time to come because it's never gonna come. We need to stop wasting our time thinking about the future because if we spend our whole life thinking about what's gonna come next, then we're never living in the present and we're just wasting our time because we're never actually leaving. And honestly, we just spend so much time worrying about stuff that's out of our control. And I just ask myself, why? Why are we doing this? Like, it's out of our control. So yeah, what you have is now and honestly that's all you should care about. Just live your life, be present and have fun. Because in the end, that's what's gonna matter. Like the memories you're making now is what you are gonna remember. And you don't wanna remember living a life always worried about what's to come. Like 
I don't know, try and get curious about the future, but don't worry, don't stress. What's meant to be is gonna find its way and you just have to trust that. And that brings us to the end of this episode. So thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting me. I really hope you could in some way benefit from this episode and I'll see you in the next one.